Welcome to Indisputable. I am Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie today. Francesca Fiorentini, Rebel HQ extraordinaire contributor, <laughs> joins us once again as guest host today. Love having, uh, sharing the screen with you. Um, yes. Should be an interesting show. And let's so get right much. to it. Yeah, um, Francesca, cue the lawyers because here we go. You knew this was coming and now an announcement has been made. Tyree Nichols' family is suing and um, decide what you think about the number, $550 million. Also a supervisor in the Tyree Nichols associated with the incident retires with benefits. Let's give you the details. The family of Tyree Nichols filed a lawsuit against the police officers who beat Nichols during a traffic stop in Memphis, January 7, 2023. That lawsuit also names the city of Memphis, Memphis Police Department, and Memphis Police Chief Sarah Lynn Davis. Family is seeking, as we said, $550 million in damages for what happened to this young man. In another related development, the Memphis Police Supervisor on scene when Tyree Nichols was beaten to death, he died several days later, but to be clear, we all were treated to the disgustingness of that beating and know that that is when he truly was not going to survive. We saw it, we know it. That supervisor on scene has retired with his benefits the day before hearing to fire him, according to documents filed to revoke his law enforcement certification. Lieutenant Dwayne Smith identified Friday in records obtained by media outlets as the officer that officials said earlier this month had retired before his termination hearing. Some Memphis City Council members were upset an officer was even allowed to retire before steps could be taken to fire them, including the council's vice chairman, J.B. Smiley Jr., who said it didn't seem fair that the then unidentified officer could keep pension, other benefits. I just don't like the fact that his parents are paying this officer to go on and live, and that's troubling. Well said. Seven other Memphis officers were fired after Nichols died. Following a traffic stop on January 7th, five of them are charged with second degree murder. Smith is not charged in Nichols' death. Just the supervisor of this crew, former. The decertification documents against Lieutenant Smith reveal additional details about his actions that night. Smith heard Nichols say, I can't breathe, as he was propped up against a squad car, but failed to get him medical care or remove his handcuffs, according to the report. AP reporting on this. Smith also didn't get reports from other officers about using force and told Nichols' family he was driving under the influence, even though there was no information to support a charge. Documents said. Investigators said Smith decided without evidence that Nichols was on drugs or drunk. A video captured him telling Nichols, you done took something when he arrived at the scene. Additionally, Smith did not wear his body camera that violated police department policy. His actions were captured on the body cameras of other officers, his subordinates, according to the documents. The U.S. Department of Justice is currently reviewing the Memphis Police Department policies on the use of force, de-escalation strategies, and specialized units in response to Nichols' death. It strikes me, Francesca, and I'll start backwards. Uh, 
the U.S. Department of Justice currently reviewing use of force. That, that's a red herring because no force was necessary here to begin with. What do you mean your yeah. use of force? It's ridiculous. But there's so many layers here, and I'll let you unpack them first. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, yeah, you start with this supervisor and and the fact that he was able to retire before ever being held accountable is where I think we all need to start when it comes to police brutality and violence, right? You know, if we can agree, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, no matter what your, you know, uh, income level, no matter where you live, if you can agree that bad actors should be held accountable, let's start there. Right. Because that truly is what is holding up any kind of better behavior from those who are supposed to protect and serve us is the fact that you can retire with full benefits and pension. That is taxpayers money. Right. And it, again, this is a qualified immunity. These are the steps that President Biden, that Congress, that on a statewide level in Tennessee and then in Memphis, you have a city council person there saying, gee, I didn't realize that you could do this, and that seems pretty wrong. So let's just start there. It is egregious that he was beaten. It is egregious that he is, he is he's not going home to his mother every day as he used to. It's egregious that his life was cut short, but let's just focus on how we stop it from happening again. And if they know, the supervisors and other folks and police officers know that they're gonna be held accountable, maybe that would stop them. But I don't know, Sharon, the buck stopped with him and he he was there and he oversaw the whole thing and he gets to walk away. Don't you usually wouldn't that be if this were a crime, right? It's not the sort of the mob boss. Like if you're the head honcho, sure. shouldn't you be the first one or at least still on the hook for all of this? But no, instead, the lackeys get it. They're, they're being, you know, charged. Yeah, even John Gotti got caught in the end. OK, <laughs> and, you know, OK, maybe it's not fair, but maybe it is. We saw him in the perp walks, right? We saw totally. him, he was dressed impeccably. And all we saw was him in the perp walks. And it seems to me that these commissioners, council members speaking out, it sounds wonderful. And I perhaps have no right to put on them something that I don't know necessarily is there, but we all know, at least they do, what the process is going in. So it's nice to make these speeches afterwards and say things like, well, this upsets me. Tyree Nichols' parents are paying for this officer in retirement. Mm -hmm. What is taking so long? Change the process. Because I assure you, if it were Sharon Reed or Francesca Fiorentini mm -hmm. accused in something like this, baby, in a split second, okay, I hope you got a savings account because your lights would be out, okay? Yeah. We wouldn't see that beautiful background <laughs> behind you. My, I'll give you the last My lights word. would be out. My Maybe you're off. Yeah, yeah, you got a battery? You got a battery, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's look, it's we're in a week where Fox News just settled for seven hundred and eighty seven uh, million dollars. And, you know, nobody died. Yes, there were consequences, obviously, for spinning, uh, you know, rumors and falsities about um, Dominion law, uh, voting machines. But five hundred and fifty million. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. For the loss of your child who did nothing wrong but was driving home while black um, to be brutally assaulted, uh, not in any 
kind of what what could be even a shred of interpretation as uh, officers being under attack, fearing for their lives. No weapons were found. This was an innocent person who was killed, but in the process, brutalized, terrorized, and of course, his entire family. 550 million. Let's start there. I know it sounds like a lot, but let's start there. And the second thing, last thing I'm going to say is the taxpayers are also paying for that. You know, taxpayers are also paying for all of these settlements. So I ask everyone, what do we want our money to go to? What, how much are these police actually more of a liability on our taxes? You know, taxes just happened. How much are they a liability and how much are they actually keeping us safe? Yeah, for all these people out there who consider themselves conservatives and want to talk about the money and preserving money and a waste of tax dollars, there's your breadcrumbs. We'll Absolutely. start there. This is going to be an incredible show because we're in lockstep. I wrote down <laughs> a few moments ago, minutes ago, 787 million and the word Fox. If they can pay that out for lying and taking a hit over and over again to really an ax to democracy. Mm-hmm. I have to put democracy in quotes, but that's another show. Uh, then for killing in the most vicious pond scum ways, this young man, 550, this is way too little, okay? Mm-hmm. We'll move on, though, because Jonathan Majors um, is up against it, and he's he's already losing money. We know this because here we go again. Uh, more alleged victims of this superstar of the moment that's declining have come forward. They're helping the district attorney in New York in the current case that's ongoing against the actor. It appears things are going from bad to worse for Jonathan Majors. Domestic abuse case due in court May 8th, and apparently the DA will be armed with even more when the actor gets in front of a judge. Sources familiar with the matter tell Variety multiple alleged abuse victims of majors have come forward following his March arrest and are cooperating with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. The prospect of more women waiting in the wings would mark a dramatic turn in the case and comes on the heels of majors publicist management firm cutting ties with the embattled actor earlier this week. DA declined to comment. Rep for Majors did not comment on the record. Previously, the industry was jolted by news that Majors publicists, the lead company, Management 360, had dropped their star client well before his first court appearance. Just getting worse. Jonathan Majors. As of now, William Morris Endeavor, WME, still representing Majors for now. 2018, the agency created a so-called client advisory committee, which makes a recommendation on whether or not to drop a client accused of impropriety. The committee of some 20 staffers split evenly along gender lines and from a cross-section of divisions evaluates a client's viability amid accusations and consider such factors as if the client has been charged criminally or is facing a civil lawsuit. WME has previously dropped such clients as Brett Ratner, Brian Singer, and Army Hammer. The committee has not yet met regarding majors based on the limited information that is available, that reporting from Variety. Despite being dropped by multiple projects, majors has upcoming projects scheduled 
for release, we should tell you. Mega budget tentpole Avengers, it's a huge project. Kang Dynasty, that's scheduled to begin production in the spring of next year. Disney is already deep in business with majors, given that it's Specialty label, Searchlight, acquired the actor's critically lauded drama magazine Dreams, in which he plays a troubled bodybuilder at the Sundance Film Festival and was prepared to mount a robust Best Actor Awards campaign later this year when it releases the film, December 8th. Majors already shot the second season of the Disney Plus series, Lockie, expected to launch on the streaming platform in mid-2023. Disney spokesperson declining comment here. Uh, William Morris Endeavor, Francesca, if we could start there because it piqued my interest. Yeah. They had no. this committee, right? Even mm -hmm. They said, oh, split among gender lines and uh, from all divisions, viability, blah, blah. I didn't hear anything about some other kind of diversity. And I, again, I'm not making a case one way or another for Jonathan Majors. I smell something around him. And that's what I smell as a woman and somebody who's been around for a good number of years at this point. But I want to focus on the process here, if we can, just for a moment. Yeah. I mean, look, I think it's actually interesting that there is a board that convenes to discuss these matters. I often feel like um, what happens too frequently um, when there are allegations uh, is or or someone just says something online, right, is that corporations usually do the easiest thing, which is to drop somebody immediately. And there's no sort of consultation. There's no actual, you know, they don't allow charges to be continued and sort of, you know, the the court, the trial to bear out. Right. So, you know, I don't not to underscore, I think, some of the toxic men's rights activist lines in the Me Too movement, but it is important to a certain level to like see if the allegations are bearing out, right? Due process, as they would say. So I actually think it's good that there is a board that meets and discusses, and they clearly, in my opinion, made the right call on people like Brian Singer and Army Hammer. Um, trust when we say, when I mean, y'all know, they don't want to let go of a meal ticket like Jonathan Majors. They don't want to let go of somebody who's got Disney contracts and Marvel contracts. No, are you kidding me? They they want nothing more than this to be they to this to go away. And in fact, if they knew about it before and it just you know wasn't coming out, they're not going to say anything. Of course, they're not going to say anything, right? I mean, and this is like Disney, for example, dropped Gina Carano over sharing anti-Semitic memes. Well, guess what? Gina Carano had been saying is like sending. And, and sharing anti-Semitic memes for so many months, she got warned time and again. Sharing anti-Semitic memes, not the same thing as sexual assault. All I'm saying is like they have processes, they don't wanna let these stars go. I am curious because when it was first broke, we didn't know if there was only one victim. It seems like now there might be more. Um, and again, I I do think that is it is really hard to come forward as a victim of sexual assault. So. The fact that we are now in a moment, in a time when victims do feel like they can say something is really, really, really crucial. But again, we shall see how, how the charges continue and, and play out. Yeah, and I, I have two things that are coming to mind. Maybe they're appropriate, maybe they're not. But I already <laughs> suspect that the New Yorker's working on a, or Rolling Stone, uh, a piece that's going to have a lot of Jane Doe's in this case in it. We're mm. going to reveal some things and perhaps more details because we have other starlets who have already tweeted out some things that we've reported on. 
um, cryptically or not so much in the wake of his uh, New York City arrest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think that that's perhaps coming. I also think that William Morris Endeavor, who again has not yet made a decision one way or the other, they're still gonna get a commission check here. Whatever payments come through, they will get their, what is the limit, 10%? Yeah, they'll get 15. their 10. Might, you know? So I think that's that's a definite. What do you think about the representation um, criminally that he's received? Because we've already seen that, that woman who is um, defending Jonathan Majors and will perhaps accompany him to court, we believe May 8th, releasing things like text messages from the purported victim in this case. I My fault, I shouldn't have grabbed your phone and the likes. It seems to me that I don't know that there's a way for him to play it, if you will, but I don't like the way he's playing it, if you will. Sure. I mean, yeah, you need, I mean, it's a disgusting business, right? Being in the PR industry of defending someone who's been accused of sexual assault, you know, and uh they play dirty and they'll continue to do so. Um, and yet look whether he's innocent or not. So um, we shall see. I do think it's interesting that his management dropped him um, rather not his. So WME didn't drop him yet, but any anyway, management did not but the agents. Yeah. Which means they know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like to management doesn't want to let go of him either but they also might work more intimately with him. So they're like, mm -mm, too much, too hot. Like this is, I don't need this. And they probably think that it's viable and, and credible. Yeah, um, and, and some of the reporting, uh, and I hate it when it's just unidentified sources and people don't want to put their name on it, but I get it, said that the decision was made because of a history of personal conduct. So that mm. means that uh, they, they don't need to look under the hood. It's in their domain. And they're right. aware of these things and they perhaps even tried to not perhaps they tried to help cover it up over the years. And it's just at this point, it's just too much to use your words. Um, Ohio high school teenagers. I feel like high school was yesterday for me. It was longer than that, but I still remember it. And I don't remember this. You know, my conduct wasn't always the best. Ohio high school teens and mother caught saying racial slurs. And that's an understatement, okay? Let's get into this one. In Ohio, a group of Jackson High School students, along with a mother, okay, caught on video saying a racial slur multiple times as a game. Watch and listen. Okay, so the only thing funnier than the N-word, we beeped it so many times because that's how many times they said it, and it was blurred, but it looked like someone was twerking to it. You know, it was, I guess that's hilarious too. In other racist videos, another video showing white female students saying, happy birthday, N-word. Picture also surfaced, it showed a white male student with a white towel over his head in the caption. I'm in the KKK. 
Atlanta Black Star with the details here. In response, students at Jackson High School in Ohio held a protest on Monday in the school's cafeteria after videos went viral of their classmates and a parent saying racial slurs last Friday. I don't think hurt is the right word, said Kennedy Satterfield, a senior at Jackson High School, to Cleveland 19 News. It was definitely more than hurt. I was disgusted and concerned for my own safety and other black kids' safety. Satterfield stated that the principal and superintendent are looking at starting a student board to educate the community after she reportedly met with with both more than once this week. My phone hasn't stopped blowing up since last night, Satterfield said. Got numerous messages from many kids and even parents in support of me using my voice and me helping other kids use their voice to change what's going on in our school. According to reports, Jackson Local School District Superintendent Chris DiLoretto called the videos reprehensible and troubling. He also reportedly said that the school district does not tolerate racism of any kind, but can't discipline the students because the videos were made not on school property. He did mention that the students who made videos on school property will face consequences, but didn't disclose what those consequences will be. A woman is familiar with the town and school made a TikTok video to echo those same claims. If you know anything about the reputation of Jackson schools and the people that go there, three words tend to come up when describing them. Rich, snobby, and racist, said the woman in the TikTok video posted on Facebook. So, (sighs) reprehensible, okay. Uh, What was the other word he used? Was it disgusting? I don't know. But these statements always seem to have uh, similar content. We do not accept this. We won't tolerate this. Except it's going on. And it's going on at a level that even your mama is joining in on it. So here again, just like the previous story, wouldn't, wouldn't we know this is going on? And I would like to see someone on their toes. An organization like the school district, Francesca, on their toes, instead of always reacting on their heels. It's like, oh, I didn't know racism existed. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that, you know, someone characterizes the school as rich, snobby and racist. um, But it's also a school that does have black students, uh, as you saw by the protests, which, again, took a tremendous amount of courage. Uh, Here we are. It takes a lot of courage to write a sign and to protest and to say something because we are in a dangerous moment, right? Um, We have Ralph Yarl who was shot twice in the face because he was a a black kid. Um, We have um, Oklahoma Sheriff's Department talking about why they can't lynch, you know, black Americans anymore and how much that sucks. So it is not made up, it is very real. And words actually have consequences. That being said, I wanna say, This is a word that these dumb kids think it's funny to say because you're not supposed to say it. And I kind of don't hold them personally responsible. They are children, but they're accompanied by their parent, right? She's there 
egging them on, encouraging them, she's condoning it. It's definitely on her. And for me, it doesn't matter if it happened on school property or not. You can still take an initiative, take charge to actually educate, bring people together, bring the parents together. Um, because look, it's not okay. I wouldn't say to kick the kid out of school. That's not going to solve anything because they're not going to actually have to answer or understand why what they're doing is harmful, is scary, and is offensive, right? And and so it's just like, and, and here's the, other, the last thing is, you can say it in your home. God, if that if that's what floats you, if that's what makes you feel superior in your racist little brain, have at it. But putting it out online, putting it out on social media and expecting not to have any consequences for that? No, sorry. We don't we don't live in that world right now. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And maybe the school should do something by declaring that word violent. Because yeah. it's violent. You heard the young black student say, I'm scared and I'm scared for other black students. This thing where the principal meets with people and I'm gonna just declare, okay, good intention. And is thinking about this student board that to help educate the community. It's what you said. Who's the student? Who's the adult? Who's the, huh? Yeah. Uh, you know, wh what are you talking about? And if it's in the public domain and it's TikToked out or tweeted out, I don't see why there can't be a follow-up requirement from the school. Your student's been identified in this vile, violent video. And we're going to require you to have some education and come in and let's talk about this or whatever. Okay. But I think it's rich that you're now asking black and brown students who are in fear to educate adults about why you're ignorant. Okay. It's just ignorant. It's just yeah. ridiculous. I'll give yeah. you the last word. No, I, I agree. I mean, it feels like window dressing, right, to have like a board or like a little, you know, meeting about it. But I, I do think it's the way forward. And I think schools, for better or worse, are sort of a good um, playground, if you will, to, to really try and get right some stuff that once, you know, we're just in society, we aren't being held accountable. So I, I do hope that the board and the little, the you know, whatever they convene goes far enough and can actually have an honest and real conversation about the damage um, that, that that family did. Yeah, and then make it the blueprint as because this thing's across the country. Uh, Francesca Fiorentini, Rebel HQ contributor. We love having you as guest host. Much more indisputable coming up. I'm Sharon Reed and for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, we're right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Francesca Fiorentini joins us as special guest host yes. today. Um, and we've got a good good lineup, good show, good good first block, if you will. And you all are already weighing in. We'd love to hear from you. Let's give you some viewer comments. TYT member Mickey C, the silver haired dragon, has something to say about Tyree Nichols' family suing city of Memphis, police department, others for $550 million, as, as well as a supervisor on that, that fateful night who's retiring with benefits before they could fire him. Mickey C says, as if the act itself wasn't horrible enough, now we come to the attempted cover-ups, excuses and lies to protect the murderous cops is just as disgusting. Right on with that. Same story, Susie B on YouTube says, taxpayers are paying for our own demise. Go after the reckless cops, pensions, and ability to serve in the position of an officer. I think that's spot on, Susie B. 
And also more on Jonathan Majors, the saga there, alleged victims coming forward to help the New York DA. Semper Fi Patriot says Majors just needs better representation, in my opinion, ones that are as good or better as his PR team when it comes to getting him big acting roles. Oh, I guess. Or maybe he needs anger management. I don't know. That's just a thought. It's just a thought. Okay. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. One more for you. Tyler Hackner says he was on top of the world until this. Well, that's an understatement. Well said, though. Uh, We'll move on. When it comes to acting out, no one does it better. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. In this case, the action thriller and the fight scenes aren't on screen number five. They're in the lobby of the movie theater. And Karen's perhaps auditioning, perhaps auditioning here for her next action flick role or perhaps her her debut. I don't know what genre she's auditioning for, but I I think we can infer, Francesca. Uh, This is one determined, feisty, and ignorant, Karen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 sad to see, like the sort of the aftermath, right? Where it's like, you know, the, there's been a fight. Clearly, she wanted extra, you know, butter on the popcorn, and she was like, "No, you have to pay extra." And she freaked out about that. Her IC was late. She missed the previews. We all know why we freak out in the Cinemark. Um, and then at the end, you have to go after you've been like manhandled by security you got to go and pick up all your stuff so there she is she's got to pick up her her phone her wallet's over here she got a shoe over there like that's (laughs) it's sort of the walk of shame of having a public freak out like that like i just look i've had freak outs but i like to contain them in my home you know what i'm saying like sure we've all had bad days um, I mine usually when I freak out don't come along with slurs, but hey, that's just me. Well said. Uh, I don't have much to add to it except I'll say this. Now, when you bring up not enough butter on the popcorn, that perhaps <laughs> that does perhaps give me pause about what would make me freak out in a movie theater. Mine too would not come with such colorful obstructionist, violent 
slurs, but that butter is important. Mm. I'm not even into movies, but sometimes I will <laughs> agree to go just for that popcorn that you can't get anywhere else. Okay. It's it, so true. it just solidifies or something within your veins. It's no good for you. It creates health no. problems. But when you have to have it, it's like a drug. It's like a, so maybe she was drugged. Maybe she up. was on too much of there that. There it is. There it is. And we perhaps we're going to pass judgment without considering that. Or perhaps she doesn't need any. She doesn't need any more consideration. I mean, you she's look a fool. People forgot how to act. You know what I'm saying? Like, there like, is. come on, girl. Go go see Avatar 2. All right. Yeah. Way of the water. Calm down. All right. Be like the Navi. You know, we're all connected and whatever. And once you pay the price of admission, given the, the upcharge for the snacks, the <laughs> ticket, I don't know that this is how you want it to end. No, okay. it's way too and expensive. Enough. You can't waste it like that. That's right. Although security guard is like, whoo, whoo. <laughs> right. Woo. Like he, he deserved that end of the day drink. He was yeah. like, I have not. And, you know, managed not to kill someone. Always hats off when security do that. Very good. Uh, but like, oh, just first of all, a lot of security are like former, some are former police and some are former military. And I kind of feel for them in these kinds of cases where you're just mm-hmm. like, God, another Karen on your hands. Yeah, and I think your disclaimer is just right. No one got tased, no one got right. shot, or, you know, pepper sprayed, whatever. In this, she case. seems white, so hey, that's just right. Difference so, of who can freak out publicly, you. of course. Uh, okay, so that theme continues. Um, speaking of ticket prices going up and what we will and will not tolerate, uh, what we will freak out over. This one's very interesting and loud. A man flipping out over a screaming baby on a flight. Um, first watch and listen, and then we'll reflect. The passenger loses his mind over a baby. cried first who's the who wore best who wore a onesie and a diaper best i said listen he said so much tin can echo chamber um so there you have it here here is how the situation ended watch he's refusing to get off the plane So now we're all getting deplaned. 
had said anything, we wouldn't be sitting in this like with a kid crying for 45 minutes. It was a hard for 45 he tried to plead his case that he had a right to yell because there was two adults with a crying baby, and he shouldn't have been disturbed. Well, that's probably not how his wife imagined their Florida getaway going. I don't know if that's a comment you should make about the wife, because if that's her man, she knows him. <laughs> she knows him well. If that is her man and they cohabitate, that's uh, she knows him well. Southwest rep telling TMZ they wouldn't clarify when the flight happened, but they did tell them, quote, we commend our crew for exhibiting outstanding professionalism while handling a challenging situation. Will you look at the passenger next to him, that woman with a migraine. We offer our apologies to other customers on board who had to experience such unacceptable behavior. My only question, comment, whatever, is should we be more tolerant of big babies too? But I do feel, Francesca, as a mother of a tiny baby, you should be the one who's allowed to unpack all of this i mean look it's really tough i just want to say like to this big baby's credit i also think that it sucks to have a baby on a flight yeah. right i also saw i also think the person who suffers the most are the parents and that baby and i know what you're thinking but that they, they got they have a right to fly and travel as well now there have been First of all, airlines could, if they truly wanted to, make it a more pleasant flying experience. They could actually have a separate section, i.e. first class or bat last class, could be a separate area for babies that is a little bit bigger, a little bit more area to, to be in, right? Like, that would help everyone. Because I'll tell you what, that guy might be so-called suffering, but the parents, again, are suffering far more. And, of course, the baby, like, we don't even have to go there. So, but not only that, everyone else on the flight is suffering too. You think they like it? Then you're going to be as loud as the baby and everyone has to deplane. Oh my God, I would have been so mad. You want to see when I go full Karen, right? Like that's when <laughs> you're making me deplane because this guy had a freak out because of a baby. And now, and if, oh my God, and everywhere the parents, because just like, they have to redo that flight again. It's it's so, nobody wants to be in that situation. But it's just so funny, again, like, you live in a society, sir, sorry. If you want to not deal with a screaming baby, I don't know, be rich enough to travel on a private plane or let's lobby our government to build some effing railroads, you know, like, it's just, eh, I, I love, I, think, I just, anyway. Yeah, no, I think you have a wonderful idea too about the separate section. They would perhaps need to soundproof it. I don't know, put up some kind of uh, sure. glass or plexi or something that could contain the screams of, in that case, it would be several babies. And then would you also put a big baby back there too? Who was yeah, but, oh, he goes to the baby tank. You got the baby tank. You have to kind of figure these things out. I don't know, and perhaps our, our crack staff here at Indisputable, because once it gets too loud, I can't, I can't figure out certain words, but I heard the big baby talking or telling someone to maybe choke on peanuts. Give me a thumbs up if, if that was said. I don't remember. Uh, and then 
he made the reference that if it were a black baby, things would be different. Mm. I don't know where to start with that. And I don't know if you do either. I, I mean, like, good on you, bro, to try and grab at straws, I guess. Like, since you clearly are indefensibly being angry right now um, and screaming as loud as this baby is, like, I guess you can do that. But, like, rarely do I say that r race is being um, weaponized unjustly and in bad faith. That is definitely example of when race and racism is being weaponized in bad faith. No, no, that's not going to save you here. And yeah, if you're listening as a podcast, the gentleman is black. Um, and so then bringing race into this, they're like, come on, man. Yeah. And I don't know. I thought of something else. Perhaps they could come up with a baby free flights, but then that, sure. that opens a whole nother can of worms. Are they going to be more expensive? And if you can't fly between these hours and all the other things that parents, but I agree with you as a mother traveling with an infant who did a lot of things, including pulling, you know, they'd stand up on your lap, they'd pull the woman's hair. Yes. Front. Okay. Thank God nothing came off. In this case, it was attached to her head. Okay. It was not a lace front, but they could have been. And I'm just mortified because I cannot get you to quiet down and keep your hands to yourself. So I feel for everyone involved here, the big baby perhaps needs pop something in your mouth before you go. Yeah. Not a bottle, but something that calms the nerves. Uh, we'll move on. Um, this one is um, disturbing. We're going to tell you about it after the break uh, because these anti-abortionists, um, they like to speak on everybody, even a 10-year-old. Much more to come on Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reedham for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. We're right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I am Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Francesca Fiorentini joins us. Rebel HQ contributor and our guest host today. Yes. Uh, Can I just plug yes. my podcast, yes. which is The Bituation Room? If anyone wants to listen, it's comedians and experts, and we hang out and every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also listen as a podcast uh, or find it on YouTube and Twitch at Franny Fio. So, yeah. Dr. Richie, you, this show has reached a million downloads uh, as a podcast, which is amazing. Throw some of that love over to the Bituation like Room if you like me at all. <laughs> Bituation Room. I mean, just the name says it all. You're you're right there, okay? And yes, we all need to support it. And um, thank you. you. We're going to give it to you again before the show ends. So let's Thanks, get some viewer girl. comments um, about that racist Karen in the movie theater. We speculated perhaps it was uh, something to do with the, not enough butter the popcorn, but that's just us. We don't know. Just freaked out. Um, Cray Cray Souffle says the name of the movie she's auditioning for is called Scream 7. I'm an <laughs> Orville Redenbacher, Karen, and you better super butter my damn popcorn. That sounds like her, based on what we saw. Based on what we saw. Okay. Mountain Dragon says, I love this Microbowski guy. His reactions are so spot on to the craziness that's going on right by him. Try your hardest not to laugh, but when you look over, keep a straight face so you don't piss the guy off anymore. Okay, that I believe was about the man flipping out on the Southwest plane. YouTube, more on the racist Karen fighting with the movie theater security, who we commended for not tasing anyone, uh, choking anyone, and none of that happened, okay? You don't like my music? So many drama queens says, 
Uh, remember God's first commandment, thou shalt not take part in bad scenes. This is a very bad scene. And Manuel says, do you think this would have gone the same way if Karen was black? They would have killed her, I am sure. Thank goodness this was not the Black Panther sequel, because then we don't know what could have gone down here. And I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say. Right before the break, we teased it. Um, and here, we, we have to discuss it. We have to discuss this right before the break. We teased it. Anti-abortionist shocking statement on a 10-year-old victim. Uh, let, just roll the video and then let's talk about it. She cried and begged for a little sister or a baby. And while a pregnancy might have been difficult on a 10-year-old body, a woman's body is designed to carry life. That is a biological fact. It is not designed to have disgusting death instruments remove her preborn child from her womb. Both situations would be difficult, but we know for a fact that every single time life wins. And that, again, is a statistical fact. It's a terrible, tragic situation. And we must do better to protect children from that kind of a difficult situation that allows such heinous, horrible abuse. And I'm sorry the rapist did not, the abortionist did not report the rape, and I'm sorry that the mother permitted this. Okay, so in an effort to have things that are accurate on this record in this very distinguished body in these halls where laws are made, that is simply untrue. It was reported. So let us not continue to spread disinformation time and time again about certain families' personal issues that they have dealt with in terms of a 10-year-old rape victim being raped and child sexual abuse. I take extreme offense to that on behalf of the family and the poor 10-year-old. Maybe the rest of us too. Mm -hmm. Maybe the rest of us too. This is a scummy comment as intended, I believe. Laura Streitman is the head of Cincinnati Right to Life and Ohio State Rep Jessica Miranda was the one who confronted her over those tasteless comments there. This exchange occurred when Ohio Republicans held hearings this week for multiple bills intended to block an abortion rights ballot measure from getting a statewide vote this November, probably because they know Ohioans would pass it. It's all a fairly transparent response to the results of last November's elections, which saw abortion rights win in all five states that put the issue to popular vote. Those details from Jezebel. Now, this language, of course, sadly common among anti-abortion activists and their Republican allies. They frequently adultify pregnant children who are legally below the age of sexual consent and refer to them as women or argue that they would make good parents, ironically, all while accusing LGBTQ people of child predation. Just earlier this year, a bill in Tennessee that would threaten rape victims who seek abortions with three years in prison for lying about being raped referred to child victims as young as 12 as women. Again, where do we start with this one? I once read an article that referred to just biologically the best age, the most ideal, the optimum age for a woman 
to bear a healthy child was between 12 and 14, biologically. Kind of grossed me out. But biologically is what they're talking about. Not mentally, not considering anything else, just the way our bodies have perhaps evolved with everything else that's going on in the water, the food, etc. I don't want to have a baby at 10, and I don't want my daughter to have a baby at 10 unless that would be my choice. But again, when you're 10, can you really say that that is your choice? No. You tell me, Francesca, where do we start with this lady? Um, we start by, uh, you know, <laughs> defunding her entire organization and making psychos like her mm. irrelevant going forward. And for young women rising up en masse, because this is not okay at all. I mean, I'm the mom of a daughter as well, a young girl, a six month old. And I think about the world that I'm bringing her into is specifically this country, which is so reactionary and retrograde when it comes to women deciding, uh, having jurisdiction over their own effing bodies. And here you have, this is the entire families on board. All right. No mom or dad is saying that they want their 10-year-old child to bear the baby of a rapist. That's not the case here. They are all on board with this. And then you have this woman up there, and she's saying something. This is what I love, right? Both are difficult decisions. It's difficult for a 10-year-old to have a baby to have a baby, and it's difficult to have an abortion. No, no, it's actually not difficult to have an abortion. In fact, there are very safe, effective quick and easy ways to have an abortion. That is if it is still protected and it is still legal and doctors are allowed to do this. And if we have access to medication like mifepristone, abortion, super easy. Cause you know what it doesn't come with? A baby you have to take care of, a baby, a child you have to raise, feed it, have clothe it, have tons and tons of extra things for this entire life that, oh yeah, continues and continues and continues. I should know. It is expensive to have a young baby, to say nothing of the emotional and physical trauma that that would wreak on a 10-year-old or anyone who would be forced to carry their rapist child or anyone who would be forced to have a kid that they don't want to have. Oh, my God, I am livid. So, yeah. Sharon, this is we're going to keep on hearing this, but this is like brainworms level Christian nationalist psych psychosis. Yeah. And, and let's not forget that a 10 year old, a 12 year old, who's also been raped and is not ready to even unpack that. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, and let me look at the clock here because Friday at midnight, like you said, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Friday at midnight, what's accessible to families, women, children, everywhere. Much more to come on Indisputable, including this, okay? So, Airbnb, lots of people, lots of people indulge in it. It's a way of life, okay? It's what we do. And sometimes you have disagreements with the host. A couple runs up a $1,500 utility bill at an Airbnb as revenge. Okay, this is premeditated. Chinese couple allegedly racked up more than $1,500 in utility fees, other expenses at an Airbnb in South Korea to take revenge on the owner for refusing to cancel 
their booking. Unidentified couple booked a villa and sold 25 days. They paid in full. However, they asked to cancel the booking, receive a refund after realizing the villa was located in Seoul's outer suburbs, reported NetEase News. When the owner declined, the couple reportedly seemed to accept the decision. However, they asked whether there were surveillance cameras in the villa, to which they were told there were not. They allegedly decided to take revenge on the host by turning on all the taps, lights, electrical appliances, and gas for the entire 25-day booking. Couple traveled to different regions of South Korea, reportedly returned to the Airbnb every three to four days on five occasions for no more than five minutes. The owner only found out when the gas company called about a huge increase in gas consumption after the couple had already left. They use 120 tonus, that's 31,700 gallons of water in five days, the host said, which was reportedly five times higher than usual, only five times higher. In addition, the host noted there were also $728 in miscellaneous expenses, leaving him with a total bill of $1,570. The owner has since contacted Airbnb customer service for assistance. As a host, I can tell you, you're going to be on hold for I'm just warning you, you're gonna be a hole for a long time. But it is not about me. There's other details here. Company reportedly refused to take responsibility, stating that the matter must be resolved between him and the gas. I could have told you that. The owner could not reach the couple and was eventually forced to pay the bill. You think anybody who turns on all the taps, wastes all these resources, 31,000 gallons of water, Oof for revenge, whatever happened to just giving someone, Francesca, a bad review? Because you can even respond to that if you want to. This is next level. Like, it is, oh, God, there's a little, there's a lot of Karenicity happening. You know, I don't want to make assumptions yeah. about these people, but there's a lot of Karenicity. <laughs> and, you know, look. I just got back from an Airbnb that was definitely not up to snuff, didn't like it very much, and I left an honest review. Uh, I do, I, as a habit, as a rule, I don't like to snitch. I'm just not a snitch. Look, if there's yeah. something wrong, I'm not going to say it. This, however, I was really looking forward to the vacation, and it was just subpar. It was like a C plus B minus type situation. I had to let other people know this is what's going on. And but we all know like Airbnb is a little bit of a lightweight scam, right? It's always, yeah. there's always something hidden when you go, there's something you don't know that's happening. Oh, this case, the, the Airbnb was in a flight path. So there were planes taken off. You could hear them. You know, it's just like, it's on me to not read the fine print, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just to go to this length, it, yeah. this length is like, I mean, I feel like this person bottled up all of our one star review energy and just was like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. The couple was a uh, simpatico. Okay. Couple who does this kind of revenge together. They do stay together because you would think one of them would have said, come on, Fran. It's yeah. What are we doing? Say it, but we're not really, you're returning. You want us to return every couple of days just to make sure, you know, like it's still going this thing. Really? No one said, yeah, that's funny, man. We're not going to do that. We're just going to stay there or eat the cost. Nobody, both of them just said, like, this is, it could be a dangerous couple. And you think this is the only time they did this? Right. Yeah. 
I don't. They're they're out there uh, wasting water. I mean, that's the other thing is like you could just leave your tap on like that, and all that happens is you get a bill. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we're in a time of like droughts and you know climate chaos. It's like you should get more than a bill for that. You know, yeah. there should be like a a fine. I guess the bill is a fine, but there's a problem. You can't just or maybe that an water. automatic shut off that the water company says, unless you call us and tell us that you're having this endless overflow pool party, we've got to shut you off here. Okay, we want absolutely to a live person. Didn't but Sharon, happen. they want the money. Sharon, what are they going to do? Yeah. Like, oh, I guess so. I guess so. I could have told you to don't bother calling Airbnb customer service. It, I could have told you you're going to have to handle it yourself. Much more indisputable when we come right back. This is Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. I'm Sharon Reed filling in today. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Francesca Fiorentini joins us, a special guest co-host today. Uh, viewer comments, TYT member Cats and Dragon, thank you very much. Uh, sums it up beautifully. This anti-abortionist shocking statement on a 10-year-old victim Cats and Dragons says a 10-year-old child is not a woman. Excellent reminder, okay? The couple who ran up that $1,500 Airbnb utility bill as revenge. Lotus Flower says, no, that couple was in the wrong. Revenge is not acceptable in this case, okay? But then Mary C. the Purple Dragon Queen says Airbnb has gotten way out of. With all the charges people pile on, but the couple went way too far. I can agree with that. Uh, there's a bill inviting Disney World to relocate from Florida to North Carolina. What is this about? Well, it could happen, maybe. We'll see how far this thing goes. Walt Disney World needs a place to land after a fallout with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. State Senator Michael Garrett has an idea. Come on up to North Carolina. Love to have you. Garrett, a Democrat from Guilford County, has filed Senate Bill 594, the Mickey's Freedom Restoration Act, to give Disney a place to move the Magic Kingdom, Epcot Center, Disney's Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, and all those other parks, hotels, golf courses. In case you haven't heard, DeSantis, Florida's Republican governor, has been feuding with Disney after the company opposed his so-called don't say gay legislation. And then usurped his legislative move to take over the special taxing district that was created for the company in the 1960s. DeSantis has promised to fight the legal maneuver by Disney to upend the board of special interests he had appointed to oversee that taxing district, essentially ensuring control while lawmakers were making their move. He has vowed there will be legal challenges, new laws, toll roads, withdrawal of some special exemptions. And even this week, talked about building more theme parks at a state prison next to Disney. Jesus. Revenge. The company is among Florida's largest private employers and most significant taxpayers, generating an estimated $75.2 billion in annual impact. And DeSantis' actions have been criticized by some fellow Republicans. This is from Fox 8, WGHP News in Florida. Senator Michael Garrett said in a press release, quote, North Carolina is a great place to do business. Politicians who put their state's economy at risk to boost their own selfish political ambitions are a liability. In North Carolina, we've learned this lesson the hard way. When HB2, the so-called bathroom bill passed, other states capitalized on our state's disgraceful misstep. 
I welcome the Walt Disney Company and all other businesses seeking refuge from the culture war madness currently gripping the great state of Florida. I think that Disney lawyers, as someone said on our pre-production call this morning, Francesca, are having fun with Ron DeSantis, who doesn't have much range. He's just very flat, okay? Um, I'm gonna, it's always threats and nonsense, but he doesn't have much range. And I think that Disney and their lawyers are just kind of having fun here. Yeah. Um, I actually have been waiting for something like this. I really think that Disney needs to, it's not going to do this. So just let's caveat what I'm about to say with this. But they should put their money where their mouth is, you know, I mean, and and so should many other businesses that are that are in Florida and call Florida uh, headquarters. Right. Um, You have NBC Universal is there. You know what I'm saying? Like this is but but and I'm being really honest because I do think that this is about um, boycotting. This is about um, saying no to businesses that operate in states that are turning back the clock on civil rights and on reproductive rights and on American history. I mean, in fact, turning back the clock in a, to a place that they want to be in, but but silencing folks, actually restricting free speech, right? These are the free speech warriors who are saying stop woke. Well, woke is literally speaking about our honest history. So I've been waiting for states like North Carolina or any other state to offer Disney to move. And honestly, I've been waiting for Disney to to, to take that up and mm-hmm. actually seriously consider moving. Um, they're not going to, but I'm glad that this exists. And I think my favorite part of this story is the way um, that, that um, I believe it's the governor said that um, the HB2 bill, the so-called bathroom bill, not the governor, excuse me, but um, the state senator, the the state senator, right, said uh, they are uh, other states capitalized when we passed that disgraceful bill that that, you know, has since been like rescinded. But like, yeah. They yeah. did capitalize on it because they made you guys a mockery. So let's do the same when it comes to Florida. Let's shame them and let's move money out of that state. Yeah. And, and so North Carolina presumably learned a lesson. They'll probably have to learn a lesson in the future, but they learned that lesson. So why not have uh, Florida step up, Disney, everybody, and let's teach somebody a lesson too, who lives yeah. in the governor's mansion and his wife always supports him. I don't get it. How she used to be in media and she always supports this guy, okay, who wants to shut her all free speech. Uh, speaking of free speech and the shuttering of it and the selective nature of things in the current climate, we move on to Elon Musk. Okay, Mm-mm. claims Twitter legacy blue checks. Oh, they're so valuable. They expire today. Today's the day. Looks like Elon Musk is keeping his promises. The tech billionaire reiterated how today Twitter will finally be removing its legacy verified check marks. Do you care? Okay, CNET. Has the details here. The thing is, I won't believe it, Twitter, until it actually happens. The company originally said that it would begin removing check marks April 1, but as far as I know, that hasn't taken place. Well, outside of Twitter removing the New York Times verified check mark, after that publication said it wouldn't pay the reportedly high fees for organizational accounts. But it seems like Musk made sure that happened. Vindictive. Now, the 420 date. Yeah, do it on 420. Okay. Nothing new. Musk originally tweeted of his plans from his personal account on April 11th. 
Now things could be more serious. The latest announcement comes from Twitter's actual verified account. He means business. We don't know if the blue checkmark badges will go away gradually or in one fell swoop, given that removing the badges is a largely manual process. According to the Washington Post, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some glitches with the process. When reached for comment, Twitter's press email replied with a poop emoji, as is recent tradition. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> this, is a, this is a billionaire, okay? It's too much money, too much time, and too much vindictiveness inside, assuming the change does go through. If you want a blue verified check mark, you're going to have to pay for Twitter Blue, which is now available globally and recently rolled out fewer ads for subscribers. But given that paying for Blue has become something of a meme to the point where Twitter has explored a feature to hide your check mark. I'm skeptical that enough people will subscribe for Musk to make his 44 billion acquisition oh. worth the cost. That's Jay Peters from The Verge there. The poop emoji response, the, well, how dare you New York Times? So now I'm gonna punish you early. To even this, the date, picking 420. Elon Musk, I really need him to take a nap. And I mean a good nap, not a cat nap, but a good, just take a nap and relax, Francesca. I mean, honestly, like no one has midlife crisis harder than Elon Musk. You know, no one fully resets to a 13 year old uh, drawing a a D pick on a binder, but he is there. Like that's what he is doing. Um, This is uh, just his little like, wet dream his fantasy and he thinks that he's being funny he's doing it for the lulls with a w in twitter has been removed so it says titter apparently now you got the poop emoji as a response and he's just doing it because he thinks it's funny and the joke ultimately is on him because no one is going to use and stay on your platform except for your little sad boy minions who are like, I invested in Cybertruck, you know? Like that is it. Why? Blue check marks, verified users actually matter. So you know who's talking, if it's a corporation, if it's a person, if it's a public figure, right? Like. If not, there are tons and tons of fake accounts. You don't, you can't actually sift through the noise and you can't actually verify if someone is who they say they are. It is not a, you're a special person or you're a lib. It's never been that. It's always been a way to verify news outlets, verify real people, verify PR statements, all of that stuff, right? And no one is paying for Twitter blue and no one is paying, especially to stay on a platform where more and more and more, it's just, again, right wing memes and like mad like mad sad boys reply guys like who are like you know again saying the Mm n-word nobody wants Mm -hmm. to be in a place like that you have your social media platform has to be a place that people want to be yeah i think even some of the proud boys are off of twitter now okay that's how there's a stop you're my child you're I don't, I wouldn't even talk to him. I'd say, you're going to feed the hungry. You're going to pick up trash for a little while. You're going to take five minute showers, maybe three, because I need to teach you some respect and how to preserve our family's dignity at this point. There's a black female agent who I'm quite intrigued with. Isn't she beautiful? And she's smarter than that. She's now negotiated the highest NFL contract. Meet Nicole Lynn, black woman agent who negotiated Jalen Hurts. 
$255 million contract, making him the highest paid player in the league. We can argue about who needs that kind of money, but this story is about the woman who secured it. More details on the contract. On Monday, Jalen Hurts etched his name in NFL history book, securing a record-breaking five-year, $255 million contract, becoming the highest paid player in the league. The landmark includes a whopping $179.3 million guaranteed, no trade clause, binding Hurts to the Philadelphia Eagles until 2028, my hometown team. You might live to regret that because we've had our hearts broken a lot, but that's what's in your deal, and that's what you asked for. Background on Lynn now. The partnership between Hertz and his agent is nothing short of groundbreaking. Just 34 years old, Nicole Lynn is not only a prominent figure in the industry, but has made history in more ways than one. After starting her career as an NFL agent in 2015, she quickly made a name for herself as the first woman to join players rep, one of the league's top agencies at the time. Little did she know, years later, one Instagram DM would lead her to become the first woman of any ethnicity to represent a Super Bowl starting QB. The griot with those details. Hertz on his agent said this, I know the agent world in the NFL and all sports is very male dominated, said Hertz in a 2022 Sports Illustrated review. But Nicole was really on top of her stuff. She was prepared. She knew what she was talking about. She was hungry. She was determined. And I feel that determination like that never rests. Once you come across such a determined individual, that just hits me a little different. Let's take a look at the team, because Lynn is one of many women that make up Hertz management team. Look at that. Starting QB in the mm. NFL has an all-female management team. Today, Len, who also serves as the president of football at large for Rich Paul's Clutch Sports Group, understands her impact on her clients and other Black women in sports. Research shows 65.1% of sports agents in the industry are white. Strikingly, women constitute only 23% of all NFL agents in the United States, with a mere 7.5% being black agents of any gender. What I do as an agent is already unique because I am a black woman. I'm a woman, Lynn shared with Essence Magazine, which features Hertz as the cover star of its 2023 men's issue. I'm in the 1% of all 900 certified agents, but even for a white male, Repping quarterbacks is upper echelon. She is bad. And I love, love, love this. And I'd like to see, and this is jumping ahead, she's probably already scored the deal. What we know about her, she's already scored the deal. If we can have that movie and show me the money, I want her movie. Mm -hmm. I want her movie, Hollywood. Make that one. Who should play her? Let's move on to that, Francesca. She's incredible. And I think he deserves credit too. all women. He said he just wants the best is what I'm inferring from his comments. And apparently, if you judge it by the money and the terms, he has it. Yeah. I mean, look, it's already a male dominated sport, obviously. So, And, you know, the only places that women have been allowed uh, around the NFL are definitely in broadcasting. And even that is very, very fraught. So I think it's incredible 
the behind the deal in the money making, you know, um, in in the in the money making aspect of all of this is a woman and a black woman at that. I think it's excellent. And of course, look at that team. It's incredible that she surrounded herself with other women. Um, I want to know about that DM. I want to know. Look, yeah. shoot your shot. Try it. Why not? It does not hurt to ask. And um, oftentimes women don't do that because it's seen as kind of tacky or, you know, like a little presumptuous. Do it. Ask. Like you yeah. we won't get anything if you won't at if you don't ask. And obviously it also came with a ton of fight and work. But as goes major sports, I also hope other industries, whether it's Hollywood, um, whether it's tech, that not only are there front facing people who are diverse women, people of color, but that behind the scenes, they also have the reins of power as well. Wow. I think you're exactly right. I don't know if Miss Lynn's <laughs> taking the elevator all the way to the top will produce less misogyny in the NFL right. or right. if Kaepernick will get a real shot again. But this is good. Yeah. Tell people, remind people where they can find your voice because it's such a powerful one. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, the Bituation Room podcast, it streams live every Tuesday, uh, 4, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. You can also listen as a podcast, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, follow me at Franny Fio on all the things. And yeah, thank you so much, Sharon. So good to be with you. Yeah, it's great to be with you too. And like I said, I enjoy your powerful voice, your perspective, your range. The fact that, you know, anybody who's a mommy to a six month old gets to speak out and speak on whatever they want. The highlight for me today, your comments and perhaps a solution on that Southwest airline, big mouth, big baby, screaming out, so upset. Baby class. Let's talk yeah. about it. Baby class. Baby class. And you might wish to trademark that, my dear. <laughs> uh, always appreciated. This is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed. In for the good doctor today, Dr. Rashad Ritchie. I hope to join you again sometime. Thanks so much for watching. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Ritchie. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. Here's the pattern that we see in all of these Karen stories. They think they own stuff they do not own. Now, where does that come from? I don't know, maybe slavery. Maybe they think they should still own black people. This is what happens when Karens weaponize the police. When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are. A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is. You know who created redlining in this country? Mm-hmm. The white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's well, a racist I, 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 policy, I, I, racist I, policy. Shelly, here's what I don't to. know. I don't know. See, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this truth, but you're gonna get it though.